Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Okay, you guys, I stopped putting my shiz off and (laughs) finally worked on some projects that I told you guys that I was testing, not doing. To see what would happen. I'm just a little disappointed in myself, but also proud of myself at the same time because I know they work. And so I'm really glad that I did them now, even though I did put them off for an obscene amount of time. <laughs> well, and I know everyone listening has their own version of, oh, I put this off. And so we're talking about simple marketing strategies that you guys know will work. You just kind of have to spend some time setting it up, putting some things in place, and then actually doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think it's funny because this particular thing, talking about email list building, I think Abby for the longest time, and I've definitely done this. So I just think it's funny that you are on the other side of this. For the longest time you were putting it off, you're just like, I'm going to see how far I can get without it. Just in spite of not having an email list. Guys, by the way, is really far. I was making over $10,000 a month in sales without an email list. Yeah. Part of it is I'm in a point where that was sales that I was just trying to prove how you guys can do things and bootstrap it and make stuff work. So part of it is I'm a guinea pig and I'm an experiment. But at the same time, this is now my husband's full-time job. So me not Mm -hmm. implementing certain things also has a long-term impact on my family. Mm -hmm. So I mean, a year and a half of not doing it is probably about time to maybe start. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's funny because while you're going to be talking about email today, and I I have my own caveat or extra tidbit I want to add about email on my side business, but I also have my own version of this when it comes to Instagram. And I think I've definitely said some things where I'm kind of putting my foot in my mouth now on this show where I've been like, Instagram is dead to me. I don't understand how it works anymore. Just my own preconceived notions of the platform. And then when I actually did what felt good and what I knew would work, it worked. Well, and it's not just email. I think it's like this whole ecosystem of content and marketing strategies that work together that create synergy. And I was doing pieces of the puzzle but not all of the pieces. And I know just from the initial results that I'm getting that long-term, they're pieces of the puzzle that I want. They're not like, oh, I'm just going to skip that part. It doesn't really matter. No, they're significant. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to talk through that because at the end of the day, yes, can you keep your business 
super freaking simple and make sales and make money. Yes, absolutely. We have a good friend, Tyler J. McCall, who for the longest time didn't even have a website. He had a Mm -hmm. landing page that told people to go follow him on Instagram. And he built a multiple six-figure membership without a website, you guys. And I think we're the people who say... Just because we're trying these things and we're seeing the results doesn't mean it's because of that thing in particular. And we're definitely not saying, well, if you start sending emails, you're going to make this much money. Like it's never that simple. I wish it was. And you don't have to have the things, but at the end of the day, there are tried and true marketing techniques that work and can give you some results that you're looking for. Yeah. So part of it was finally getting that email list up and running. And in three days, I had over 300 email subscribers, which sounds like a lot. I'm ecstatic about the number. Do not get me wrong at all. But part of me is like, if I had just started earlier, it could have been growing this whole time. And I mean, that's literally a waste of your time. No, I know. I know. I know. I know. So, (laughs) but I also want to be like, I don't believe that if you just randomly start an email list that in three days, you're going to have 300 email subscribers. Well, not- that's not what you did. No. So, like, I appreciated your caveat when you posted in the big group about, hey, these are the results I got from doing something that I know works. However, it was to an existing business, to a pretty warm audience, to people who were basically like, Abby, do you have an email list? Like, why can't I get on it? And so I'm not saying it was an easy no-brainer. Like, she didn't have to try for those people. But she'd been cultivating those people and warming them up on her own in conversations. She just hadn't clued in this small piece of that puzzle. So don't take this as like, well, if you just randomly start an email list tomorrow, you're going to have 300 people in three days. The work that she was putting in before that is why they converted to an email. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what this is going to do moving forward is I'm going to have a better way to follow up with the random people finding me. And similarly to how we built Boss Project, I think what I, apparently this is a pattern. I didn't know this was a pattern until I started this business, but there is some part of me that just has this desire to be creative and put out content that fuels me from a deep personal perspective. And then at some point, I figure out a way to monetize it. And Mm -hmm. for this business, it just took me a little bit longer, not necessarily longer to monetize it, but longer to treat the whole business like a business. I think I was treating parts of it like a business. And I had been writing on this blog I mean, I had the blog for several years, but I was fairly regularly writing on this blog for about a year before I started collecting emails last week. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a ton of content. It's not like it was circa year one of Boss Project where I literally (laughs) wrote five days a week. (laughs) No, some months I wrote once, some months I wrote two or three times. But I would say I definitely have under 50 blog posts, maybe even under 25. I would really have to look. So there's not like a ton of content out there. But I had created enough content and enough valuable content that even without me starting a real Pinterest strategy and implementing something to drive traffic, it was naturally already being shared on that platform. 
because I made it pin friendly and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And so I wasn't capturing those people very well. I was getting new people though, which is a great problem to have. People were finding a couple of my blog posts. There's definitely two or three that are significantly more popular than the rest. And they were either coming and following me on Instagram or coming and joining my Facebook group. But I'm sure because I know, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. those were happening two, three, five, maybe on a really good day, 10 people at a time. Right. Whereas the blog post itself was getting hundreds of views and I was capturing Mm -hmm. zero of those people's email, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering for you guys, what is that piece of the puzzle? There's probably some part of you that's begrudgingly like, I know this will work. I just need to do it. And it's Mm -hmm. just annoying. And why haven't I done it? And blah, 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 blah. Like, what is that thing? I think we all have that thing. Now, I will say, I do think there are some of you sitting there waiting, being like, no, legitimately, I don't. What strategy do you want me to try next? Like, I'm not sure. But I know there are plenty of you (laughs) that are like, I've been putting off updating my website for a year and now it's a disaster. Because like mine and I bet other product people listening kind of feel the same way where I'm already doing things. I have a social strategy. I actually have zero content. I am pinning stuff to Pinterest, but my stocks are so limited. They go out of stock. I'm just redirecting you to my website. So like I haven't literally had any sales from Pinterest because it's just people saving stuff. But I want to diversify where my traffic is coming from. So it's not reliant on Instagram in order for me to make money. So my behind the scenes strategy that I'm just like, this is not sexy. It's something I've never liked doing for even us here at Boss Project, something I don't know a whole lot about. And that's SEO. (laughs) And behind the scenes, tagging my pictures and making sure all the titles and descriptions and tags and literally everything in my site is super, super SEO and search friendly. So I come up when people are looking for what Mm -hmm. I have to offer. But I also feel like this is such a new industry for both you and I that even you and I, when we're brainstorming, we're just hypothesizing and putting guesses out on what I could try or what I could do because we don't know the product world that well. No. As much as I've been fascinated with health and wellness for forever, it's not a business or industry I played in. Like as a designer, I was working with much bigger businesses. And then when we started taking clients, we started randomly niching and it had nothing to do. Literally, how did that (laughs) That's just a funny sidebar conversation. Random niche of, oh, we work with food companies. Okay. No. You want to know why that happened? You may have not realized it, but I know exactly why that happened. It's because when I went to school to be a designer, I wanted to design packaging. Mm-hmm. Like that was my end game. I wanted to work for a big company and end up working for someone like Procter & Gamble and someone that owns hundreds or thousands of brands. And anyway, totally side note, but... I was slowly manipulating our client pool to be things that I enjoyed and loved working on. And Emily's like, why am I shooting pictures of pickles? I don't understand. jars of pickles, you guys. Do you know how hard it is to photograph a glass jar of anything? Oh, God. We photographed a lot of glass jars for the record. 
And lots of reflective surfaces. Yeah. <laughs> those plates. Those plates. <laughs> okay, that was sidebar. <laughs> okay, but really, I think we become resistant over time to things we know that might work. And I was trying to really put in place, why am I avoiding it? What's the reason? And part of it is truly that when I'm done working Mm -hmm. for one business, why would I want to stop and work on another one? So I'm thinking back to, okay, when I started Boss Project, there was a point in which, and it wasn't Boss Project then, but regardless, Mm -hmm. when I started that business, I was doing work at work. But I think part of it was that I just didn't care as much about the company I was working for. Whereas mm-hmm. right now, obviously, I mean, maybe not obviously. Like, first of all. <laughs> I'm very vested in the in-game results of how my company performs. So to take time away from that is crazy. Why would I do that? But I mean, part of it is that I'm super interested, but it's also been so fascinating to watch my husband who like, He's not an idiot by any means. Like he's got a master's degree. He's an architect. He knows that we have a lot of similar knowledge when it comes to design and construction and all this stuff. But our conversation the other day when you were like, I forgot he doesn't know what a lead magnet is. Like that I've been using words he doesn't know. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. So he doesn't know marketing. He's a talented designer. And so because we speak so much of the same language, it was mind-blowingly shocking to hear him be like, P.S. There was a couple things you mentioned in a meeting a couple weeks ago. I just glazed over. I didn't know what you're talking about. What's a conversion rate? (laughs) No, he's, I mean, it's hard to know. I can't totally defend him because I genuinely am not entirely confident in what he does and doesn't know. But that doesn't mean he's not competent and I don't know. It's hard to explain. At the end of the day, though, it's been interesting to watch him, who's definitely in the early entrepreneur stage where you're just absorbing all of these strategies and this information. He's listening to like five podcasts a day, reading blogs. For sure. And P.S. He's a, if you're curious who my husband listens to, P.S. It's not us. He doesn't even listen to the show. What a jerk. He might occasionally, but he really likes Kathy Heller. He really likes Story Brand. It's I just can't funny tell to me. The last time I listened to a business podcast. Well, and that's what I told him. He will send them to Emily and I, being like, "This is so timely." And I'm just like, "I need you to know, I'm never going to listen to this in my life." <laughs> Thank you. Like, Even you sent me one the other week, and you were like, "Listen to this interview," and I was like, "No, unless someone's murdering someone in that interview, I don't want to listen to it." There was a reason I sent that one to you, but whatever. It had a lot of context about a business meeting we had. I know. Anyway, <laughs> is there a strategy you feel like you've put on pause that you're ignoring? Well, not necessarily a strategy, but kind of what I was alluding to at the beginning where just because of Boss Project's Instagram and our ever-evolving relationship with that platform for our brand, I had kind of made some assumptions on how it worked in general or that I wouldn't like using it for anything else. And so I didn't necessarily resist it, but I don't think I imagined how crucial stories showing up, DMs, etc. could play to fast-track 
growth in my side hustle. So again, I'm not going to go down the number specific rabbit hole game because I think it breeds a lot of comparisonitis. I started my earring side hustle business in August of 2019 and did see pretty rapid growth unexpectedly for me, but I had a lot of people who were following me who knew me within Boss Project or had been following me for a while with art and stuff like that. So I did have an existing audience. I didn't have an email list or anything, but I did have people who liked to hang out with me and then they decided to buy from me, which was really fun. But it kind of reframed my brain a little bit on like, oh, posting can be easy, fun, and not weird. And I can make a lot of money from it. So that's been really cool. I think people get super curious how businesses operate. And if I tried to do the web and explain the intricacies of Boss Project, I don't think I could (laughs) possibly explain it. I don't even think I could clear the dust on all that. (laughs) Like there's a lot going on over there. But I can tell you, I have a very specific sales funnel and Mm -hmm. marketing strategy that's all working together and it's very cohesive. And so I think it'd be cool to share because both of these businesses are dramatically smaller than Mm -hmm. our main business. And so what's working for us in these industries? So for a little context, I am in network marketing and I rep Young Living But I also have this huge desire to help people on their own sort of transformational journey. And usually that looks like weight loss, but not always. And so I write a lot of content around my personal health journey. And as you guys may realize, but I'll reiterate to you, when you start your business, you are usually your own ideal client, but after the transformation has happened, right? Or after the results have happened. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, if you just reflect well on what has worked for you or what has interested you along the way, usually you can start appealing to the kind of people you want to attract to your business. So in terms of how to attract people, I do two main things to attract people. I definitely show up a lot on Instagram stories. They have been in the past very thematic and that I really only shared on certain subjects and almost had, I don't want to call them segments because that makes them sound way too planned. They're not that planned. Definitely being home right now, all that's gone out the window. Mm -hmm. But so it's sharing on stories. And then I would create posts on a fairly regular basis. I tried to do once a week. I am not that great at it right now, where I create posts because my main posts on my Instagram historically have been the main way I've actually seen follower growth. I see a lot of engagement growth when I do stories, but follower growth tends to be when I post on my actual feed or when Mm -hmm. I have friends and or just other people share about my account. When people share about my account, I get followers. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. 
I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So I'm marketing there and then I'm also marketing on my blog, which people think that blogging or content creation in long form is like dead or changing or whatever. And I don't necessarily think it is. And I could go Um, on a huge tangent about all of that, but I don't think it is. And I think you don't need as much content as you used to, but good quality content I don't think is ever going to stop being helpful. Right. And so if you can create content that drives people to actually be something they're looking for, I think that's the biggest piece. Mm -hmm. The content that is the most seen on my site has either picked up traction on Google Mm -hmm. or on Pinterest. And the only reason that happened is because it's highly searchable content. So it's keyword rich and it's things people are searching about. In my case, my two top blog posts, one's about binge eating and the other one is about the whoosh effect, which is really Mm -hmm. random. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you would never know what I'm talking about. But so you drive people to you. And so in both places, the thought is 
these people come in cold and now I need to warm them up. So I have two places I warm them up, both in stories and in my Facebook group. And now email. <laughs> That's new. <laughs> and I'm going to be warming them up and nurturing them. But ultimately, my sales have been very individualized in that I am getting to know people. I am figuring out who my leads are based on how people are interacting and engaging with my content. And I am one-off having conversations with people and getting to know them and trying to see if they make sense for my group program. Mm -hmm. And that has worked and it has been amazing. But I think part of me has been a little frustrated with it only because I'm like, it is me resisting my natural way of doing business, which is I like the one to many model a right. lot. Right. And it's so individualized that I love it, but it's really not scalable. Right. I can get to the point where I may be signing up 10 to 20 people a month. Like if I'm super on top of it, I'm my own cap. That's right. as much as I can do on a personal level I'm basically capping my sales at that point. So my thought now is, what does it look like to maybe, and I haven't tested this yet, but drive people through a nurture sequence and then pitch the program in a more traditional way, in the way that I'm used to with some right. sort of landing page, with a sales page. It's a little bit funky. And the way I have it set up, my program is actually free. And you get it when you become a member of my network marketing company. Mm -hmm. And so explaining that to someone who doesn't know what I'm talking about or why I'm talking about that on the one to many model, it feels intimidating to me because it's not like I can drive them to my sales page, then take them through my own checkout process. Right. I have to take them to my sales page, then explain why mm -hmm. I'm taking them to someone else's website. Yeah. And yeah, like what the benefit of that is. Interesting because it's not your product that you're selling at the end. Mm -hmm. You're repping mm -hmm. it, but it's not yours hosted on your site within your channels. Right. And you are also really limited in the way that you can outwardly market the thing that you sell, not only right. being in network marketing, but in being in health and wellness. You have this double-edged sword of can't say that, can't say that, can't say that. Yeah. I have to be careful about claims. I have to be careful about what I'm offering, which is why my program is free to right. members. It's technically just get all of my knowledge and all the things I would love to sell to you. But I don't personally know if I feel comfortable selling as a one-off thing. But definitely at this point, entertaining, what does it look like to maybe have a smaller priced product as an intro product mm -hmm. that I own 100% of? Right. I don't know what that is yet. I'm yeah. trying not to overthink it because I know I need to just test something. Mm -hmm. But I just started my email list last week. So I'm trying <laughs> to give myself a little bit of a break there. Yeah. But yeah. what about you? What's your funnel look like? Well, it's a lot smaller than that. Being in a physical product-based business, it's entirely different than anything I've ever sold before, how I've ever sold before. It is one to many, but in a personal but very short-lived relationship. It's very weird. The typical things that I am used to doing, I'm not saying they won't work, but there isn't a popular correlation with efforts. Like me writing and putting out blog posts. I don't know if that would actually drive more of my right customer to my website. Me creating an opt-in that isn't a discount code. Every business 
And our community has always asked, what should my opt-in be when I sell physical products? That is kind of a thing that I'm like, I don't really know. So basically what I do is talk about my product in some way, shape, or form at least once a day on Instagram stories, whether that's showing behind the scenes, reminding people what's available, talking about me shipping out orders, literally anything related to I sell products over there. I know that if I can do that, I'm going to make at least one sale from that conversation. The weird part that I've been structuring and where my bigger strategy kind of lies is more within launches and how do I build up hype and then treat loyal customers and then get packaged delivered really quickly and have really good customer service to then create an atmosphere that people want to keep coming back to and telling others about and trying to create those raving fans, those cult-like followers that are talking about your products with other people, because I know my reach can only get me so far. And when you're selling a $34 product, lots of people is what's needed if you're wanting to reach high revenue goals or anything that I'm used to within Boss Project, it's like, oh, I need how many to make how much? So it's really eye-opening. So it's a completely different ballgame. But basically, I literally just talk about it all the time, intermixed with my life and non-kind of salesy ways on stories. Make sure some stuff is available on my website, hype up launches, email customers to remind them about the launch, and hopefully sell some shit. Well, I feel like you're oversimplifying your launch (laughs) process significantly because, well, yes, it is kind of random in what you share and what you're building. But I do feel like whether you see it or not, when you do a restock, do you feel like you have a formula leading up to your restock other than just showing behind the scenes? I mean, yes and no. It's not entirely formulaic, mostly because I just don't want it to be super boring, but What I've naturally been drawn to, which is what I have done every time, whether it was really intentional from the beginning or not, is neither here nor there. But going from just the beginning, I share behind the scenes as in, ooh, I got these new cutters in, I'm going to try this. Or, ooh, I'm trying with these custom colors that I made. Or I'm going to try to make this pattern. And I showed, here's what I'm trying to accomplish. Come along this journey with me. Throughout that process, that might be one day, a couple of days, a week or so, kind of just depending on my actual life schedule and what I'm doing. So that might include polls, like do you like this shape component arrangement or this one? So like a literally yes, no poll on Instagram. I might answer some questions if people have it because I do have some people asking about clay questions. So I just try to build a lot of engagement when I'm sharing behind the scenes because then I know, okay, when I post that doors are open or the shop is open, Instagram's going to hopefully show that then to people who care because they've been engaging. So I am intentional about getting lots of engagement prior to a restock launching so I can have that at least on my side. It's behind the scenes, it's sharing the process, and then it's Here's a couple of pictures of them not put together. And then here's a little bit about the process to show that it takes a lot to put together a pair of earrings. So my customers can feel like they're getting something of high value, that it's not just something that's thrown together, that they're part of this long process that happens. And then it's the professional photos. And then it's a launch countdown, literal countdown inside Instagram. 
and then sharing that the site is live. And then I share screenshots of orders or people's excitement on DM to create a sense of urgency and FOMO and other people are actually buying stuff. I'm not just pretending to sell out of things. And then sharing that process of what's left in stock, reminding people that stuff is there, and then showing the process of packaging, ordering, and shipping so people who've ordered know that their stuff is coming. But also all of those kind of posts reminds people to continue to check back in the shop. And if you didn't get something this time, here's the next restock or whatever. So it's kind of that behind the scenes and then prepping and then it's here and then reminders. I know we talked about this offline the other day, but... I felt like there was a surge of new followers kind of at the beginning of what you were doing, Mm -hmm. and then it slowed down pretty significantly. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like was attributing to your growth in terms of followers on Instagram? And then why do you think there was a drop off? I wish I knew. My hypothesis is, I think honestly, I got the people who had been following Boss Project or were in our Boss Project community who realized they weren't following me. And then they started following me. And then when that capped out of people who were actually interested or who saw it, then now I'm just getting the organic growth of strangers and outsiders. There will be a random day where I get a boost in followers in one day and no one's tagged me in a post or a mention. And so I don't know where it comes from. That still happens, but it's not like a ton. I mean, it's definitely slowed down. I feel you on that. It's (laughs) This is where I get frustrated like the rest of you where I'm like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like, And I think I talked about this many months ago, but I got started and was sharing on stories and would share some stuff in the feed. And I could very clearly see, okay, when I post about stuff, I don't have swipe up. And so I can see though that a lot of people are going to direct, they're typing in my URL or the last app they were in was Instagram. And so it tracks it as that. I'm like, okay, a lot of my traffic is coming from Instagram. Great, great, great. And then... (laughs) Instagram did this weird algorithm switch. I don't even know if it's an algorithm switch that was permanent because things started to level out, but it was like seven days of no one was seeing my stuff at all. And I had a restock during that day. And it was like, oh my God, I was seriously like, well, there goes my entire business. It's done. Like it was so drastic that I was like, okay, I need to be figuring out what other channels I can use to send traffic to my site, but not just traffic, but of people who are buying. So right after that, I was like, okay, I need to start pinning, getting some stuff loaded up into Tailwind. I'm just going to pin stuff to my main website or the main shop because products do go out of stock all the time. And that's great. I'm getting a shit ton of repins and saves and all that stuff, but literally not one sale. And so I'm like, I don't know as a product-based business like this, what does that warm-up need to be for people who don't know me to buy? That's why I really want to rely on referrals, so to speak, because it shortens that time frame. So maybe it's exploring an ambassador program or an actual loyalty system. I don't know. That kind of gets like a little hairy and convoluted if you overcomplicate it. Oh, for sure. Because there's certain things where it sounds good on the surface to try, but mm-hmm. it could dramatically change right. how your business operates. And right. like, I know you love how simple it is. Yeah. Like, I don't want to manage so- a loyalty program. I don't. <laughs> 
No, and I'm sure there's plugins and oh yeah, yeah, all sorts of crazy stuff you can do. I'm gonna with that. mail everyone a punch card, and you <laughs> have to hole punch the card for every pair of earrings you buy. And when you get to 13 punches, that means you can unlock the first tier. <laughs> I hate stuff like that. <laughs> I know, I know you do. To really just put a bow on this, I think at the end of the day. I urge everyone to stop trying to figure out what the magic bullet is (laughs) for your business because there's not one. No. But there are strategies that work. I do still firmly believe that every industry is a little bit different, but that doesn't mean there aren't business practices that apply to large groups of audience doesn't change no matter what you sell creating engaging content material products whatever that doesn't change how you do it could totally and figuring out what that method is I think one of my favorite ways to do it and I don't like getting into the because you can get to the point where you're reverse engineering someone else's business to the point where it's (laughs) like a little disturbing. But I do think there is a point of watching people, especially people that aren't in your industry. Yeah. What are they doing? What is working for them from your perspective? Mm -hmm. And not that you should go and change everything about your business, but you can experiment if it's okay. I know, and I can tell both you and I, our small business grows when our followers on Instagram grows, because it's our primary conversion tool. Yeah. Okay. So if that's the case, then maybe I should pay attention to my Instagram followers. (laughs) I might look at five people I follow and say, what do I think has helped them grow their audience? And like this one girl, you know her, I'm pretty sure you even follow her, Liz of Within the Grove. Oh, yeah. Last year, about this time, we had the same amount of followers. <laughs> I have grown by maybe a thousand since then. <laughs> she has grown by 50,000. Mm-hmm. It was less than six months ago that she hit she over 10. Killing it. And so I was like, what in the world? I do know a lot of what's working. First of all, she's super consistent. Yeah. Also, it is her full-time job. So that makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. But there's little things like how she's sharing other people's accounts Mm -hmm. to incentivize them sharing back. And you may not notice it. a lot. Yeah, she does a lot of giveaways. She partners with brands. And now that she's a bit bigger, I definitely think she's getting more opportunities for Mm -hmm. partnerships. But I think you can pay attention to other people and see what's going on in their ecosystem yeah. and apply little things. But yeah, you- she's like a DIY and home blog guys. So like yeah, literally like- anything that I would tweak from her strategy would, I'm not going to give a power drill away on my Instagram. No. So no. <laughs> but- although actually I could because I use it for my earrings, <laughs> <laughs> but it would be a much smaller drill. Yeah. <laughs> it would be the little Dremel one, not, <laughs> not like a giant power drill. But also, I still wouldn't do that because I don't want to attract people who are making their own earrings. I want to attract people who no, have totally. ears who want to buy earrings. Well, that's part of it. I think my other struggle bus, and I think maybe you feel this too is it's really easy to want to attract the people who want to do what you do. Yeah. Well, because that's what I know how to do. That's what I'm so good at. I'm not quite sure how to attract people that just want my help. Someone DM'd me like, how do you be an influencer? And I was like, don't do what I do. First of all, I don't fucking know. (laughs) I don't know. 
It's fine. I feel like this is a little bit of a hot mess, but I am pretty sure you got You're something welcome, out guys. of it. Enjoy. Have a great rest of your week. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.